The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I am Kule Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Welcome. It's Tuesday. Still our countdown to Super Bowl 58. Oh my gosh, I can't get here soon enough. There's just so much hype around this. Not only of Las Vegas, by the way, shout out again to our guest yesterday, Bill McConnell, the COO of the Las Vegas Super Bowl planning committee or host committee. Excuse me. If you missed that, you can listen to it on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll don't have anyone today, but throughout the next few days, going to check in with our Arash Markazi as he was able to, it's like they had kind of like a the suites that were open and almost a sample of the suites where the media could go in and check out what's going on. Um, we'll talk about that in just a little bit when we get to our Super Bowl portion. You know, we'll, the opening festivities yesterday of the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Betting odds haven't really moved too much, but we will get to that as well. Also coming up, we'll talk a little bit of UH basketball and hear from head coach of women's basketball, Laura Beeman, and what she had to say uh, following that huge win for the Rainbow Wahine on Saturday. And if time allows it, we'll get to a little bit of men's basketball as well. But first, first things first, Paul and Michael were out at University of Hawaii football practice, practice number five for the Rainbow Warriors in the spring. Still no indication yet, huh, about spring practice or spring game. No, details. not really. All right. So we're still waiting for the spring game details, but still save the date of that last weekend in February, like February 25th or something. Um, but before we discuss what happened in practice yesterday, here is what head coach Timmy Chang had to say. Hey, coach, so uh, week two of training camp, um, does the mindset shift at all as far as once you get into week two and understanding that these guys have had a week to kind of get their wheels under them and, and you turn up the intensity a little bit here? Yeah, it, it gets, it starts to get, fifth practice starts to get to a point where um, these guys are leaning on each other, they're fighting for the same leverage, they're fighting for the same technique, um, they're, they're, you know, they're physical against each other and so, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, the defense is coming along, the offense is coming along, uh, special teams is, uh, you know, we're getting better at, at, at just simple things that, you know, in return game and things that block, you know, uh, tackling, those type of things. And so, um, you know, it's it's a work in progress. And uh, these guys are just, they're enjoying it. Um, they love being around each other. And uh, that's I think that's the most special thing about it. Now, there's a handful of guys, established players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that are sitting out through, the, through this part of training camp. Is there a benefit to that? Because there's a lot of young guys, walk-on guys, that are getting a lots and lots of reps right now. Do you feel that makes this team a better football team? Well, you know, those those guys that are that are, are sitting out, you know, they got a lot of reps during the during the season, you know, and for one reason or another, um, you know, healing from injury um, is, a, is, a, is a lot of the cases that they're going through. But uh, it does make room for those guys to develop behind them, um, you know, uh, understand the new scheme, understand uh, and get more reps. You know, uh, the, the best thing I, you know, the, the thing that I can say about uh, Peter Manuma, um, you know, he, he's playing over 75% of the snaps on defense. Um, he's a guy that's missing 
Garrett guy is very, very important to our football team, but, you know, we get to replace him with other guys that, that wouldn't be as got the reps, like uh, Justin Sinclair, um, you know, Mickey Pays back there, um, Kilinahe is back there as well. Uh, we got some guys that are that need the reps that are going to get better, and so on. It's been good. It's been good to see those guys, get those guys healthy, but also get those get the next guys up ready to play. Uh, talk about you know things got you know things are getting heated, contact practice things like that. But just talk about using that um, that fire that they obviously have, uh, and talk about the competitive nature that this team is showing just so early on. Yeah, it's part of it, right? It's uh, you know they're they're getting chippy, they're getting. Uh, they're going at each other, you know, a lot. Uh, there's no one else to go at, you know, and so, um, you know, uh, the biggest thing is that when we bring it up and we touch somebody and, you know, we shake hands and stuff, that we're all, we're all understanding that we're all for the same cause and it's the same team, so, but uh, it's part of it. It's a physical game. I, I ask them to be tough. I really demand them to be tough mentally and physically, and so they're going out here. That's what they're trying to do, and they're trying to oppose their will on each other, and, um, you know, the the chippiness will happen and uh, they'll go at it and so uh, it's all part of it but uh, but the love's been, the love's got to be twice as strong and uh, to me that's that's what's really important too uh, we've been talking to you last week and I'm leading up to this with the about the additions to the staff uh, I just want to uh, talk about Coach Reinbold and kind of what he brings to the defensive line group and, and having a guy you know uh, another one of the coaches that are coming back uh, to the university Coach Reinbold's love and passion for the state of Hawaii and for this football program is unbelievable, and that's why he's here with us. I mean, he's going to give it his all, and um, you know, on and off the field, cares about these guys. Uh, you know, his uh, his demand, his standard is high, but uh, but his care and love is also high, and and, and that's really good. And, and you know, we're lucky to have him. So uh, I look forward to watching those D tackles. A weekend now, uh, obviously, kind of along those same lines with uh, Coach Morrison. How have you seen yourself uh, change a little bit as a coach, not having to work as um, closely or as much with the, the quarterbacks? Obviously, still working with them, but you know, getting to pay a little bit more attention to the entire team as a head coach. What's that been like this year? Oh. You know, Coach Morrison adds a lot of value, and so um, you know he's he's really helping us in uh, in correcting a lot of the details. Uh, you know, a lot of the experiences he's been through, and and the knowledge that he gives and passes down to the quarterbacks, the receivers, um, the rest of the offense uh, is is tremendous. I mean, even in our staff meetings, uh, you know, he's 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 helping all of us get on the same page, and so that's that's been that's been huge for us, um, and just cleaning up the details and. Um, and helping uh, Braden and helping the young quarterbacks, uh, you know, grow, and, and, and so it frees me up a little bit, and I get to I get to get to special teams, and I see I can get into watch the defense, and so um, for that part, I really like. Uh, Super Bowl upcoming, uh, fun week. Uh, heard you might be be a Niners fan. I know a new UH fan, and my mom is a Niners fan, so she'd like to hear that. Do you take anything from the Super Bowl as well as a coach, or do you just kind of let that be be a fandom part of it? Oh, I'm a big fan. Well, I'm a fan of the Fortnite, but I'm a big fan of just you know just good football. I mean, you know, when you got the two most elite teams in the in the, um, in the world playing, 
you know, for various reasons. I mean, you, you can look at, you know, I really wanted to show the the guys the, the Ravens game, and um, and I thought the Ravens were the were the best team in the, you know, in the league, um, you know, and and you know that 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 AFC conference championship, and just watching how the Chiefs played and how they, you know, defense stepped up and offense had to make plays, and now that. You know, then you watch a, a, a big comeback by the 49ers. And, um, it's just really good football. It's really good football. It's really high-level football and, and elite quarterbacks and elite play all across the field and one-on-one battles and matchups. And so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good event. I'll tell you this. <coughs> I, I, th- I really think Monday should be a holiday for everybody. I mean, that should be, that should be a, a day, a Super Bowl Monday. We'll get that thing rolling. Is team off on Monday? We are off. There you go. Yeah, we are off. That's let's start with us. So should, we'll, we'll talk to the we'll talk to the governor about it. <laughs> Quick one for me. Speaking on the Super Bowl, I guess you, what, what's got to be on your plate when 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 you have a Super Bowl party, or what's oh, got to be on the on the food line? I don't know. I mean. You know, you're gonna have to start with a sushi platter from somewhere. You know, maybe Sushi Man, or you know, I mean, there's some there's some good things going on. So I don't know. You know, barbecue chicken. You know, turn down hot dogs and burgers for the kids. But uh, um, you know, that's just. A, I mean, it's just another way for us families, and you know, we're we're big on family here in Hawaii. And you know, my kids love. My kids get into the football, and they're rooting and they're cheering for teams, and, and uh, brings families together. And so. Um, just really excited for everybody to get together. I mean, that's what Hawaii's all about. That was UH football head coach Timmy Chang following practice number five yesterday. I love how that ended, though, like just about the Super Bowl and you guys asking about that and all about family. And I can attest that there is quite the food spread at the Chang Gang household. <laughs> like they have kind of like this big um, island like table in their kitchen or whatnot. And it's just like food everywhere. And then they have like this really cool downstairs area um by the pool and then there's food everywhere so it's quite the spread in the chang gang household but no i mean that, that was cute like i know he's a diehard 40 i don't know maybe not diehard but a fan of the 49ers so uh we kind of joked off air that that was a diplomatic answer like I, i'm gonna i like to watch the good football and everything and it's i'm not saying that that's not true i'm sure but it it's is just, like but... everybody like is kind of has their own fandom and will get a little crazy watching their team, you know. But (laughs) no, (laughs) not Paul. Definitely not Paul. Though nobody in this studio. We're not crazy about (laughs) football, especially. (laughs) No, but um, going back to practice, though, I want to bring up something you were saying off air, uh, Paul, or while that recording audio was going on, just about, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday as well. but just the fact that it was weird for you to not see Timmy Chang near the quarterbacks during this type of session where it's just Dan Morrison. And even uh, we haven't posted the photos yet, but our Michael Lescaro actually got those photos. Pretty cool photos where you have Dan Morrison in the back and then you have Braden Shager and Micah Alihato, uh, you know, kind of like looking up to pass. But you bring in the quarterback guru, let's go ahead and call him. And now, and we've said this before, now that Timmy has brought in these veteran coaches, he can take a step back and kind of focus on bigger picture things and having Dan Morris in there to only focus specifically on the quarterback slash the offense as a whole. But spring practice uh, specifically will just be, hey, positional focus for 
this time of the year. And then when you get into the fall, then you get into all the schemes and everything. But only through a week and a day of spring, he gets to just focus on the quarterbacks. And so, and like I said, like Timmy can be freed up to walk around and not have to put all of his attention on the quarterbacks. Yeah, it was really interesting. So a little backstory. I was obviously not here in studio yesterday and Michael Lascaro joined me at practice and Michael is such a talented photographer. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'll just say that. Uh, and, and he comes up to me and he's just like, hey, do you like do you know where Timmy is? Like, have you seen where Timmy is? Because I, I will say during practice, he does go kind of incognito mode. He's got his hat on, his <laughs> sunglasses and his usually his full black like yeah. his, yeah. you know, whatever. So he kind of looks like I don't want to say every other coach, but they're all like these big athletic men who are just like <laughs> kind of dressed the same. So I, I was like, oh, it, you know. Not even thinking. I just go, oh, he's probably behind the quarterbacks. And then then I looked, and he just wasn't. And it it really was surprising because I remember all throughout last year, that was, I know Timmy was the head coach, but he also served as the pseudo quarterbacks coach. Mm -hmm. And to lead that room takes a lot of attention and focus, right? It's the most important, arguably. Especially if you're planning to run a complicated offense, like the run and shoot plus. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it's just... I was I was kind of surprised by it. I was like, oh, whoa, because now it allows Timmy to be that CEO head coach Mm -hmm. role where he gets to go around and he gets to be a little bit more hands on or involved and and hearing what his his new coaching additions and the coaches that were retained and stayed on from last year, what they're doing in their group so that everybody's on the same page. And it's it's nice. It's a collaborative effort and. It's cool to see the continued development. I mean, and I know we talk about the young coaches and blah, 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 and we, we talk about player development all the time, but it is very, very cool to see the coaching development of these, I I still will call them young men despite their being older than me, these young men learning the, on the fly, going further and further and getting better and better, and you can see that. Mm-hmm. Because Timmy, like, I don't want to say he wasn't confident last year or the year before, but even now in year three, it, it is... He is the captain of this ship, and he's got the crew that he needs with him. It's cool to see that, and mm-hmm. it's cool to si- kind of see him involved in the other parts of the game, the other phases of the game, rather than just kind of working with the quarterbacks. And I think it's going to have some pretty good uh, outcomes for the Bose. Well, and I think it took someone like Dan Morrison to come in Has for to. Timmy to completely not worry because as someone who played that position and you feel like you should have the best quarterback room and be able to like you understand it right like he is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever come out of uh, Hawaii and the University of Hawaii so any anyone else again not taking anything away from coach Shoemaker that was the OC at one point he's a great coach great person but when you are very much invested in a certain position like you're not going to trust anybody because it like it you feel like a it's a ref- person you feel like it's a reflection of you because that's what you've done that's what the state knows you for so you don't want to go out there and be like having the worst quarterback room ever right and so now or someone like Dan Morrison who coached Timmy as well it took him to come in to be like okay I completely trust this person, this person alone to come in where I can focus on other things. And I think that's important for a lot of fans and something that fans can be excited about because 
when your head coach can focus on other things, it only can lead to better improvements around the entire team because, yeah, his attention isn't specifically on one position, but he can, like you said, be the CEO and makes me think of similar like a Charlie Wade, right? Like you have it men's volleyball, you have Milan, who a lot of the volleyball players talk about being like this incredible coach. And Charlie is kind of like the CEO of the team. And look at all the success that they've had at the men's volleyball level. So I'm excited and I'm excited to see where they end up towards the end of the spring and how they look like. And yeah. I, positive vibes only. Yeah, positive vibes only indeed. It's cool. It's, you know, you see Timmy bring in his his own mentor and a guy who was the mentor of Brighton Shager already. So he has familiarity with the players already in the program. So all around, just it, it was an awesome move when it was announced. It's cool to see the program reaping the benefits through just five practices in the spring session already. Because it makes me excited for what's to come. Mm-hmm. All right, got to step aside. When we come back, we will chat a little bit about the Super Bowl on Wake Up in the Den. Peace up. Peace up. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. I'm so excited. Ursher, baby. I can almost guarantee, like, Lil John will make an appearance. Like, there is no way that he... Because, I mean, I've gone to multiple Golden Knights games in Vegas. I was actually in the elevator with Lil John before because he's always at the Golden Knights game. So it's, like, one of the elevators to the levels. And I was like, God, get this Lil John next to me. <laughs> but he's a huge Golden Knights fan. Always in Vegas. So I'm like, okay, Lil John will be definitely on stage with Usher. For the halftime show, that's for sure. God, it's gonna be so that's fun! Like so fun. Bill McConnell couldn't share any secrets with us, but Ooh, he was saying, no, and I and I believe it. It's Las Vegas. Like, if you guys have been to a Golden Knights game, have and you've seen the pre-game festivities or show before the everyone skates on to the ice, like after warmups and stuff, like it's a whole production. So I can only imagine. Las Vegas, plus Usher has a new album coming out, and he has his residency. So a lot of artists, because they don't get paid to do the Super Bowl, basically the Super Bowl or the NFL covers the production costs, but the artists themselves do not get paid, but a lot of times they use it as kind of like a You're free advertising. You're performing the Super Bowl. It's free advertising for whatever right. they're going to do. Like I remember when Bruno performed the first time, you know, his set for the Super Bowl, his concert tickets went on sale like the next day and they sold out like instantly because his performance was so good. So they tend to use this as the leverage for them to promote, indirectly promote anything they want to promote. Because again, free advertising is the most viewed uh, events in the world, I believe, because just everyone tunes into the Super Bowl. But it's kind of, pr- it's, this is the interesting thing that we've seen and this is via The Athletic. So Super Bowl 58 is expected to draw record amount of wagers from bettors. Love to see it. Uh, A record number of sports bettors are expected to wager a record amount on the Super Bowl matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Sportsbooks are expecting 67.8 million American adults to bet on the event 
which would be a 35% increase from last year, according to the American Gaming Association. Uh, last season's Super Bowl saw the Chiefs obviously defeat the Eagles. So of that total, 42.7 million American adults plan to bet online at a physical sports book or with a bookie, which is a 41% increase from 2023. Woo! Those bettors are predicted to wager $23.1 billion, with a B, billion dollars in 2023. $16 billion was gambled, which was up from $7.61 billion in 2022. The AGA added that 36.5 million people plan to bet casually with friends or as part of a pool or squares contest. That's me included. Up 32% from 2023. I'm sure that's like pretty much everyone in Hawaii going to Super Bowl parties. Uh, I'm sure people are listening, shaking their head like, yep, that's me. Uh, everyone play likes to play the squares contest at their gatherings. Uh, more than two thirds of Americans, that's 67%, live in one of the 38 states and Washington, D.C., where sports betting is legal. And currently the 49ers are still the, just like yesterday, still the two point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know what state's probably going to bet the most? New York. Like they've been betting the most Paul's people back over there. New York and New Jersey. So it's weird. It's like New York, New Jersey are always like one and two. And then yep. Nevada comes in like at three. But well, this month might be go to Nevada because a lot of these high rollers and VIPs are going to Vegas and they want to spend or put their bets in in Vegas. Because then you can be treated like a VIP. Like you're going to bet seven figures. You don't want to bet that in New Jersey. Like you're not going to get hooked up with anything. You're going to bet it in Las Vegas. Good luck. (laughs) I I know my people. My people are degenerate gamblers, if nothing else. You know, that's how it is. And I I say that very lovingly, knowing that most of my college friends are included in (laughs) both of those numbers, New York and New Jersey. (laughs) There's just so much interest and... Yeah, now that sports betting is legal in most, what feels like most states. Man. (laughs) Dear Hawaii. Mm. Um, (laughs) Feels like most states, but this is all that money that's being generated. Can't, never mind. I'm going to go on a separate rant. I should just not (laughs) even talk about it because then I'm just going to like go on the other end of everything. It is incredible the amount of betting that that has started to take place. Uh, I mean, the numbers that you just mentioned, like almost doubling over and over again it felt like what was it seven to then 15 to 23 it's big jumps so this is so this is interesting too shout out the athletic always like always coming have clutch. great information so there's <laughs> speaking of squares it's uh if you guys don't really know well it's too long to explain but for those that play squares <laughs> It says, after recording every quarter score for all 57 Super Bowls, some obvious trends emerged. Uh, Most were unsurprising, but the results are still fascinating. So the ending digit for first quarters is zero. Is usually an instances 52 times. (laughs) Hmm. That's what people are going to pick. But halftime digits, again, ending digit, zero. 33 instances. Third quarter... Ending digit seven is the most. And final score ending digit is seven as well. So zeros and sevens are kind of your best bet when it comes to squares and hitting that. Take that how you must, everyone that are going to your Super Bowl parties. All quarters combined, 
zero <laughs> ending digit. 123 instances. A team has gone scoreless in a quarter 141 times in Super Bowl history out of a possible 456 times, 57 games times two teams times four quarters. That's how they get that number. So your best bet is always zero. Numbers. Take that for your Super Bowl party yeah, as well. Yeah, take that, take that for your Super Bowl party and dip it. But usually that's why, like, if you go, like, Circa actually does have their own squares game as well. And then where you bet, but they usually make certain blocks, like, more expensive than the others because they have a higher, you know, chance of hitting. So that always gets fascinating as well because we don't know what to expect. Anyways, all right. Got to step aside. <laughs> I can go on and on about this forever. Uh, Got to step aside. We'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuale Ogbiani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, and Paul Brecht. It is actually not, has not been hot the last oh. week or so. It's been quite chilly outside, at least like the no clouds in the sky, but it's been pretty darn cold lately it's The wind in Hawaii. Uh, I'm sure all of your friends and family back home, Paul, are very jealous about your the. 70 degrees of cold that you experience here. <laughs> they can they can laugh at me all they want. It doesn't make it's it any so less cold. cold. It's the truth. Like <laughs> it, I, the amount of days that I have spent under a blanket recently because of the wind and oh my gosh, whatnot. It's, so it's like I feel so silly, but it's needed. <laughs> hey, whatever. Hey, it is a good life to live out here. Beautiful life to live. What can I say? Oh, I love it. But um, all right. Before we get into University of Hawaii women's basketball talk want to mention uh, men's volleyball for just a second they had a sweep over Tusculum over the weekend uh, they had some load management guys like Spiros Hawkus didn't play uh, Chaz Galloway didn't play as to be expected because they have two very big matchups coming up against Stanford on Wednesday and Friday both matches at 7 o'clock p.m. On Friday, by the way, you are encouraged to wear whites, and we're trying to pack the stand on Friday night against Stanford. So tell everyone, wear white for Friday's game against Stanford. But I wanted to bring up men's volleyball because our newest episode of the Hawaii Players Pod is available. It's been a couple of months, it feels like, since we recorded it. The kind of the break or the holiday season messed us up a little bit. But we have a new episode available, and it features outside hitter, uh, Kaoni Thim, available now at our YouTube channel. So be sure to check it out. Get a, actually a chance to know Kaoni a lot. And I'll probably play a clip for you uh, probably on Thursday show or something. But uh, he's kind of like my spirit animal. He talks about being quite the Kolohe kid, you know, and that's why he didn't get into volleyball. He got into volleyball a little later. He actually had to go away for college because he could not walk on at UH because his GPA wasn't high enough, that kind of stuff. So uh comes full circle now. He's the grandson of Mike Wilton, who volleyball fans know very well here. I chuckled on our social media and asked him if he thinks he's better than his uncle Aaron Wilton. You know, he says he's not better yet. He says his jump serve is better, but he says he's not there yet. It was like, a good breakdown. So uh, go check it out. So again, at our YouTube channel, Hawaii Players Pod, featuring... 
University of Hawaii men's volleyball outside hitter Kayoni Thim. All right, getting into women's basketball. Huge win. Wins again for the Rainbow Wahine. Last week, Thursday, beating Cal State Fullerton for, well, both teams they beat for the season a sweep, beating Cal State Fullerton 66-61 and UC Irvine 55-43. Still without, against UC Irvine, still without the services of Brooklyn Ruers. However, Imani Perez did make her way back. She missed the Thursday game. All of our aloha goes to her. She they, It was announced during the broadcast uh, for Spectrum that she had lost her grandfather. So that was why she wasn't able to play on Thursday. If there's any people that get it, it's us in this studio. So uh, wishing her all the best. And it was good to see her back, though. But from Cal State Fullerton, not having her and Brooklyn Ruers and still Jackie Davies being on limited minutes. And then Irvine not having Brooklyn, but then Imani Perez come, came back. But at the same time, you could still tell that she was playing with a heavy heart. And the Rainbow Wahine still find ways to grind it out. Again, getting those two wins as they get set to go on their next road trip to UC San Diego and UC Davis. Yeah. Um, like you said, all of our love, aloha, and everything to Imani and her family as they go through this. You you said it well. We, we understand uh, a grieving heart um quite well and i'm glad that her teammates were there for her the team was there for her Mm -hmm. and coach beeman said it post game they're glad she was there for them too because um it's kind of what sports is about right Mm -hmm. where you're part of a team it's an extra family it's an extension of family i would almost say where when you go through these tough times in life uh you get picked up by your teammates and tell you what you would have never known anything was wrong by the way, the effort that she played with and the team. I mean, what a phenomenal win. I know you said two wins. They were, they were two great wins, and obviously Thursday shorthanded against the Cal State Fullerton team. That is good, like mm-hmm. very good. The UC Irvine game was incredibly, incredibly impressive for multiple reasons. One, obviously no Brooklyn Ruers. Two, if not for a couple of late game buckets, they would have given up their least amount of points since conference play began. And that's impressive, especially considering UC Irvine is that secondary team who, you know, in the preseason poll selected to finish second in the mm-hmm. Big West, had a couple of votes for first place, and a team that beat the Rainbow Wahine in Honolulu last year, in Manoa last year. That didn't leave the mind of the (laughs) Rainbow Wahine. They'd been waiting for this one. And this is what head coach Laura Beeman, uh, Imani Perez, and Melanie McBee had to say, just a snippet of what they had to say following uh, the UC Irvine game. You know, I just thought it was a really fun game. Uh, I thought the, the girls were really locked into what we were supposed to do. I thought the adjustments they made going into the second half were really fun to see. We calmed down offensively. We found open shooters. Obviously, this one here got going in the second half uh, to hold a a very good Irvine team to 43 points, and we out-rebounded them. I think they were 0 for 15 from 3. It's pretty impressive what these guys do when they're locked in. So very, very nice crowd. Love to have 1,500 people watch us play like that. Hopefully, the crowd continues to grow. Um, Great to have Amani back. Uh, We needed her as much as she needed us. So... Great game for these kids. Super happy. Well, teamwork, teamwork makes the dream work, obviously. Numero uno, guys are not the number one uh, big team 
conference, but I mean, I don't know if this is a stat, maybe Jason might know, but one we beat at seven rebounds, Lily had seven rebounds, Monty had six rebounds, and Deja had six, uh, sorry, Deja had seven rebounds. I don't know if that's been a statistic, but just talk about just to be about again. You know, rebounding, um, and these guys know how I feel about rebounding. I think rebounding is what wins championships. I think offense puts people in the seats because it's fun. I think defense keeps you in the game, no doubt about it. And our defense has been pretty stellar this year. Uh, but when we put rebounding into that equation, and particularly our bigger guards that are getting it done, that makes it even more difficult to defend, to beat. Um, you know, we can absolutely get down the floor because we want to transition, but it, it definitely makes us that much more difficult to beat. Coach, you guys obviously are a good defensive team, but just um, against this team in particular, that's two games now. You've held them under to 50 points. They didn't make a three tonight. Just, you know, what has it been about uh, your defense against this team specifically that's allowed you to, to just be so good on that end of the court? They're good. They're a really good team. And, you know, when these guys lock in, Coach Flo says it all the time, they're phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, and they locked in tonight defensively. And, you know, Coach Flo hangs his hat on his defense and he gets after these guys for rotations and talking and all the little things. And, you know, it, it showed up tonight. So to hold a team that is that good to that few points and zero threes, uh, we say it to these guys all the time, it just shows what they can do. Ali Mani, how was it um, being back out there with the team? <laughs> Um, for me, it was great. It's nice to be in the atmosphere again with everybody and uh, everyone have my back today, so it was great. Um, did you join the team again today, or um, what was that process like? Um, I joined yesterday, but um, today on the court, yes, it just kind of, I don't know, was able to play with everyone and get back in the swing of things. Well, Milani, can you just talk about I think you had all your points in the second half when it matters the most, just kind of what was going on out there in the court that kind of allowed you to get going offensively? Um, you know, having my teammates back and trusting, or having them trust me in my game, um, I think that's really what happened in the second half. I know I struggled a bit in the first half, especially with foul trouble, but I knew I needed to step it up, step up in the second half, and that's what I did. What did you, well, how did, okay, for just the players, um, just what that crowd was like. I mean, it was a big crowd, um, probably one of the biggest crowds uh, in quite some time. Uh, but just talk about the crowd, how it was big for you guys. Yeah, the atmosphere is great. Uh, I think we feed off of it most of the time, especially in this game, where it really, it really helped bring the momentum to us. Uh, um, I'd say it was, like Melanie said, it was a great crowd. You kind of feed off of their energy, and then it like we put it into play, I guess, and then again with the team and then the crowd and you just hear everyone screaming and like cheering you on, so it's great. We'd love to have more. We'd <laughs> <laughs> love to have more. That was the post-game uh, head coach Laura Beeman of Rainbow Wahina basketball team along with Imani Perez and Melani McBee. And as you heard, Melani finished up there about the crowd and there was 1555 in attendance, the turnstile count. And it was a good attendance. We want to get more, obviously, than they're pushing for more than 4,000 for Beeman's Big Bash on February 17th. Uh, so hopefully you guys can be there. But at the same time, I did talk to Coach B, um, I guess unofficially, not part of the presser, but uh, before she went into there. And, you know, she was actually saying, though, like, we want to get more. But at the same time, it, it feels good for these young women that 
they actually draw they're drawing them more than the rest of the conference so you know the rest of the conference draws somewhere around like 500 if they're lucky when they go on the road and whatnot so shout out to you know the Hawaii fans that they are coming out for this Rainbow Wahine basketball team I mean why wouldn't you because they win and they play really rock they play really fun basketball and we want more but I do love I, I did love hearing coach B said you know at least on the positive note we outdraw everyone else in our conference so that's that's a lot to be said but we want more for this team that's just like such a winning team obviously they don't come back until next week however but huge game Melanie McBee you heard it there she didn't start turning it on until the second half and finished with the most points for the Rainbow Wahine with 14 Lily Wahine Kapu with 11 and Imani Perez uh, coming back after you know taking a game for her family with 10 points so this team is just I mean they do everything that you can possibly do and I think that's they're just and Coach B says it all the time and we echo it all the time but it's real like they play for each other and they celebrate each other which is great to see where I, at any given game someone's going to have their big game and everyone's okay with it right like everyone's excited and about everyone it. is I think because coach Beeman gives her players the confidence to shoot and really lets them play like just ball out because we saw Deja Phillips against like Fullerton and she had kind of like that game where she just took it over. And then this game you have Melani. So at any given game, like one player at least is going to have this crazy game. And it, like, it's something that you don't often see. And it, 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 I'm not trying to, it's, I get it. It's like apples and oranges. I'm not trying to com- completely compare it to the men's team. But when you look at the men's team, there's just so much inconsistency. There isn't a player that That's can step up on one given time. You know, we would, we came to expect it from like Jovan McClanahan and Noel Coleman, but we haven't quite seen that this season so far. Because it doesn't matter if it's one player or multiple players. Where on the women's side, we see multiple players that will step up at any given time. On the men's side, it's kind of like we're waiting for them to kind of break through and show us that that's what they can do because we know it's there the word I want to touch on is consistency because I think that is the perfect word for it because because if we are going to compare the two because I know it's apples to oranges and whatever but where you can still compare fruits it's that there's the consistency the rainbow wahine while it's not a consistency of one specific score go-to score every Mm -hmm. night it is the consistency that you know every night you're going to have two, three, four different young women who are stepping up to the next level. And on top of that, everybody else is doing their job. That's why they're able to win week in, week out, day in, day out. I'm glad you brought up Deja Phillips as well. Shout out to her, Big West Player of the Week, after her phenomenal performance against Cal State Fullerton mm-hmm. and then had some really, really big-time buckets. I think she finished with nine against UC Irvine, so she was the fourth-leading scorer. But all those nine points were incredibly, incredibly important for the Rainbow Wahine to come up with a win. So I'm glad you shouted her out there, too, as, tell you what, those UH women, they keep on rolling, man. And for Deja, just like the seven defensive rebounds. That's the thing. That's another thing. That's what I was going to point out for everybody like the fact that this defense first and second quarter held UC Irvine 
to less than double digit points. So nine points in the first, nine points in the second. And they continue to do that all the time defensively, just hold these teams down and they do their part offensively. And that's why we see what we see and be able to attack the boards and warrior guards come out. <laughs> I have a stat for you quick before we go to break. Um, they're into double digits since Big West play started in holding opponents to single digit point quarters. That's really, really impressive considering Boom. the uh, the talent, especially the top level uh, teams that they have played. Uh, yeah, they have double digit since Big West play started. Uh, single digit quarters. Boom. That defense is elite, capital, italicized, <laughs> bold, elite. Boom. Oh, and we have two blemishes on the record that we need to redeem. You see Riverside and UC Santa Barbara, which Beeman's Big Bash is one of them. UC Santa Barbara, February 17th. However, as we know, got to take care of business. They go on the road, play UC San Diego this Thursday. And then UC Davis on Saturday. Thursday's game is at 5. Saturday's game is at noon. Got to step aside, though. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. So Wake Up in the Den, Kukule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Got my Usher themes going on as we go through Super Bowl week. <laughs> I had to like get in like the Usher. I had to do the instrumental version of this though because... Even yeah. though this was one of like my favorite songs, when you get to become an adult and you listen to the lyrics, you're like, I can't believe we're listening to this as a kid. <laughs> I have thought that about so many songs that I go back like, to and listen to. I was like, I rocked out to this as a kid. What was I listening to? <laughs> so yeah, that's in case nobody recognized it. It's my way by Usher. It's probably came out. That's why when I was maybe in like elementary, one of the coolest music videos and all that stuff. But when I was putting in music and I was listening to the lyrics, I'm like, duh, yeah, but we're going to go with the instrumental. Fortunately, the beat and stuff is really, really good. That's what part of the reason that the song is so good and, you know, Usher's dancing and stuff. But <laughs> that's all I thought about. I'm like, we listened to this in elementary. What were you thinking? <laughs> I feel like the like old person now. Like, mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Cool. The old person. That's uh, spot on. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, I got to tell a funny story. This is going to this is like Sierra Tango Sierra now because um <laughs> we can there's a lot to go through with men's basketball, so we can save men's basketball discussion for tomorrow's show anyways. Uh, <laughs> but I have to tell this story because last night I went to uh, dinner with my friend/one slash one of my few uh few high school classmates that I'm still like actually good friends with till this day and so we finally got a chance to meet up for the new year and we went to Ichiriki at Ala Moana <laughs> my gosh this just pains me um he was telling me so my classmates uh they just had their first meeting to try to plan like our 20-year reunion that's coming up next year um so he was just filling me in on everything they talked about yada 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 and then our server like when we were cashing out because we were like there for like three hours like we were just talking hanging out you know and he or she like gave us the bill and whatnot and I was like oh I'm so sorry like 
we were here for so long and you know it's like one of my classmates that I haven't seen in like we haven't hung out in a while but one of my few classmates that I'm still friends with till this day and she's like, oh, what high school did you guys go to? And then we're like, Mililani. And then she's like, me too. <laughs> and we're like, because she's, she's obviously like a lot younger than us. But just what she told us, like, she's, she's like, I was born in 2003. <gasps> and I'm like, oh, daggers. And I'm like, oh, she was just born two years before. We because we were telling her like, oh, we're talking about our reunion, and I'm like, she graduated two years before like we graduated from oh high school, God. and I was like daggers, and then and then, but wait, there's more, but wait, there's there's more, more. because she's like, well, obviously she went to Milani High School, but she's from Milani, she still lives in Milani, and then uh, but she brought up like, oh yeah, my mom is a teacher at the middle school, and then my friend, his name is Rowan. Like, oh, what's her name? And I forgot her name. And then he's like, she was my teacher in middle school. <laughs> and he's like, but she was Miss So-and-so. And she's right. like, oh, wow, you were her student before she even got married. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, can we just stop talking about this right now? Like, you guys. Ku uh, felt older by the second. Oh <laughs> I was my getting gosh. older and older and older by the minute. But I'm that's. And then I told so my other half this story and, and he and I actually are 10 years apart. So he just laughs at me because he's like, welcome <laughs> to the real world. <laughs> and, I, and I joked with him. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be the old one. You're supposed to be yeah, the old one. <laughs> uh, this is what mine. I'm still 25 in my mind. Yeah. My partner says that. Too. I'm Morgan, still 25. Morgan tells me I'm old all the time. I'm like, I am 11 months older than you. I'm not even a full year older. And she loves to to bust my chops about that. She's like, you're still old. Yeah. So that was my fun time at HED Kids. It I've sounds come, fun. Well, and then it just reminds me of like, I, because I was in the service industry for a long time as well. And I've had multiple encounters with like classmates or whatnot of like my mom, them. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know your mom, my mom. And, you know, so it's just like, oh, my goodness, I am getting to that age now where it's like the children of people that we know are old enough to work I can't go in. back home for that reason. I You're go- still young, Paul. I know. That's the thing. I could go back home right now, and in central New York, I would have no idea. People would be, come up to me and be like, oh, what's your name? I'd be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, oh, your mom's my teacher. I'd be like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, oh, gosh. I'm getting old, you know. I'm crusty age 24. <laughs> That's why I'm like, wait a minute, you can't talk about that yet. <laughs> One day it'll hit you, though, 10 years from now when you're my age, and oh. then you're like, oh my gosh, now I really am like, yeah, when she when she said, I was born in 2003, both he and I were like, oh. It's all right. We are the young station. Here we are planning our 20-year reunion. We're all good here. You know, we're still, we're nice and athletic. Our bones still move. Our joints okay. are still moving, even young if we are old, you know. That's why fine. when I talk about, like, uh, you know how I always mentioned going to Rumbo Wahine basketball games where it's really cheap, seven bucks for adults. And I like to say five dollars for young at heart because yeah. I just don't like saying the term senior citizen. I'd like to. It just it's sounds, a weird term. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm so glad they changed it where if you're a woman that's, you know, 35 and above, they would call it like geriatric pregnancy. I'm like, that sounds so bad. But they they thankfully changed, yeah, they changed the term. You know, where I forget what it's called, but it doesn't sound as like 
like thanks i feel so old do but, people know do, that they can just still be like yeah it's pregnancy yeah or, or it's just, like it's, it seems so silly <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, sorry. I told you this was Sierra Tango Sierra because I had to like tell that story because it's the most I've like haven't felt that way in a very long time. And at the same time, I know I'm still really, really young. Like I'm barely in my later 30s. So I'm still young. I honestly do. I'm not joking when I feel like I'm feel like I'm still in my 20s. Because, you are still young. You're going to yeah. star on our basketball team. I was thinking about this last night. I am really curious. If I went and I put together like a, a Hawaii business industry, like basketball league, pickup league, if we had like a sports media conglomerate versus like the restaurant conglomerate or whatever, I wonder if that would like pick up traction, kind of like a Ooh. a between business tournament no, type of thing. the restaurant. The, the, those people are fit. They but you, walk all the but time. But you get you get what I mean in, in that term, you know. I would just want to do a sports media one because I just don't know if everybody's butt. I don't know if there's enough people. That's the only reason I, I, I say more. Beautiful people, but tell we us. Would kick everybody's butt. That's yeah. why. That's why do I want to play one. against us. In, in, I'll say it. You know, media. Oh, I trust. Trust. I. I. This is an open challenge to literally anybody. One on one. I'll check up right now. Because it's like you. Me and it has to be co-ed. You have to have at least one girl on the team. Um, yeah, Title Nine King yeah. and Queens. It'd be you, me, AC, Alan. I don't know. Alan likes to tear his hamstring all the time, so maybe not. But... Alan can sit on the bench. He's our coach. <laughs> he looks good in a suit. Yeah, and then we have Michael. Oh, we would kick everybody's butt. We got depth. Bring it on, media. All right. Anyways, <laughs> on that note, we got to go for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Ugbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.